Welcome back to the latest installment of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Whether you guys are downloading or streaming this episode of the show, we are very thankful for that. And if you haven't already gone and hit the follow or subscribe button, what are you guys waiting for? Is that is the best way to stay up to date with what is happening here at Desert Tiger to make sure that you guys catch every single episode every single Thursday. If you guys want to support the show a little bit more than that, you can head on over to our social media and check out our brand new t-shirts. Maybe pick one up for yourself because you know you're going to look fresh and stylish in them. So what are you waiting for on that as well? So while you guys type that in, I'm going to go ahead and kick this off. Music, athletics, arts, and entertainment. The Desert Tiger Podcast with Colton Geschwader. That's right, it's me, it's your boy Colton G here on the DTP once again. That's right, the Desert Tiger Podcast is back after taking one week off. We had to take a well-deserved week off to take care of some things. But don't worry about that. We're not going anywhere. We are here. We're back on schedule and we have a ton of killer interviews coming up for you guys. Just like today's interview with violin extremist Kai Tammy. So what exactly is a violin extremist you might ask? Well, we're going to delve into that with Kai Tammy herself and her DJ Phonic Ops. We're going to discuss with her how she was classically trained at very young and how she started playing some fiddle in bars until she decided she aspired more from her music. That she didn't want to just play that classical style that she had been taught for most of her life. That she wanted to get into the rhythms of drum and bass and hip-hop. That she wanted to explore different genres while still keeping to the training that she loved so much. So we're going to discuss with Kaitami exactly what were the difficulties of transitioning into the drum and bass and EDM scenes. We're going to talk to her about some of the groups that she worked with while she was discovering who she was inside of this new musical scape, like her work with Delhi to Dublin, We're going to discuss with her some of the successes that she has found, some of the places that she has been able to travel, some of the difficulties that she has had to face. And of course, we're going to talk about what does the future hold for Phonic Ops and Kaitami, what are they doing this summer, they're hitting up a ton of different festivals, they are going to be dropping some new music really soon, so we're going to get behind all of that. We're going to try and get as much of the story of Kaitami as we can in about 30 minutes. So I hope that you guys are ready to delve more into the background of this violinist extremist. And of course, before we jump into our interview with Kaitami herself, we need to play for you some of her music so that you can get a better understanding of what she is doing with her experimentation and exploration of not only the violin, but electronic music. This track is the latest single off of 
an EP that re she released last year entitled Renegade. This song is called Brave the Storm.
Desert Tiger Podcast. We stayed, were you in London last month? We stayed right by there. We were in West London. We were watching people just do nothing every day. And then we were like, oh my god, we need to, like, take, the, here. We need to take the tube to that, to that stop. <laughs> Me want to start a pirate radio station, but I'm actually I work for a legitimate radio station, so I can't. It's conflict of interest. I actually have to be on air at 9 a.m. tomorrow, so I. Well, I mean, they consider it a legitimate radio station. Oh, I know. So I it's mean, true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it broadcasts as far as Shepherd's Bush, so. That's what they say, right? I know. What's the temperature like? Is that nice in hotels? Look at shows. You're missing all the great. This is why you're missing all the great. Oh, this is recorded. This is all being recorded. All being recorded, right? This mic oscillates. Actually, you know what? Those blue mics are awesome. They are fucking amazing. Yeah, we're literally going right now. So this is Fonny Gops. DJ Fonny Gops. Right? I'm Hi Tammy. And I'm Johnson Fonny. Johnson Fonny. Johnson Fonny. Okay. Okay. Or just in Fonny. We're all hanging out here in Kelowna. Alright, so. The hottest green room. Yes, definitely the hottest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's so some beers and whatnot, but other than that, it's too crazy. What is, is, we're, the, is the beers coming? We're, ooh, empty. <laughs> or is it just, so you, that's, why is don't you go uh, ask for the ribbons? Why don't you ask when the subs don't loud enough and the highs are too high? <laughs> The just kidding, the you're not recording, are you? Oh, shit's getting real right now. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but that's how, yeah. uh, I mean, this is what I put yeah. up with Daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was actually tame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's because yeah, yeah, we're recording. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. That's just how it is. Oh, okay. No worries at all. All right, so you are the uh, violin extremist, right? Uh, apparently. Apparently. So where does that start? Where did your musical dreams and aspirations begin? Um, well, I was when I started wanting to make my own music, I was actually fiddling in an Irish pub, but that was I was like playing cover songs, and I I, I was like, no, this is not the kind of music I want to be playing. I was. Uh, wanting to make the kind of music that was influencing me, which is mostly hip hop and drum and bass. Yeah. And but I didn't know at the time, like I hadn't, I didn't know any other violinist that would do anything even like that. So uh, didn't really have a lot of confidence, or I didn't even, or knowledge of how to even start going about doing that. Yeah. So uh, my plan actually was to move to England because I knew that was where, like a lot of the music that I like, mm-hmm. um, drum and bass, hip hop, the kind of music that I like was coming out of there. And I was like, oh, that's where I gotta go. And then I moved to Vancouver and then I kind of just stopped there. And that's where I started uh, collaborating with people. Okay. And. Uh, yeah, so um, I put out a, an album 
that was sort of ex very experimental and probably not all that good and I just ride around my bike and like I deliver it to record stores and and I completion is dope okay <laughs> yeah. yeah and I like show up at clubs and I plug in and some DJs liked and some didn't and, um, <laughs> and at, at one point I was playing like five different bands just trying to experiment really and just see where like the boundaries that I could push so maybe that's where violinist experience comes from okay Alright, so where are you originally from then? If I'm from Vancouver originally. Okay. I was born, born pretty much raised in Vancouver, always on the west coast. Mm -hmm. I'm in Victoria now. Oh, okay. But uh, always on the road, always touring. Mm -hmm. uh, it's crazy. Music is taking me like all over the place. Phonic Ops and I were just in Estonia. Oh, wow. So that was kind of new ground for us. I've been trying to get over to that side of the world for a long like a while, like I was just saying, so that was pretty, pretty sick. Mm -hmm. So after that first record, did you go and do like some group efforts before you came back to sort of like the more focusing on your music more from like a solo effort? Or? Yeah, yeah, like I was, um, like I said, I was in five different bands and then one of those bands called Delhi to Dublin uh, took off. And that showed me like sort of the next level of how things could be, and I learned a lot from playing, collaborating with those guys. But my influences were very, very, very different from them, and I wasn't super into the world music styles. I wanted, I really like kind of darker, more angrier bass music. <laughs> so yeah, uh, really wanted to just something see what a little I could, more experimental. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a little bit more me. I saw those guys perform last week, so I can kind of understand that for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little bit. Um, yeah, experimental. Maybe not as accessible, but mm -hmm. whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, right? Like you gotta chase your dreams more so than trying to chase what is hot right now and what you think is going to sell. Yeah, it's never really been a consideration of mine. Mm -hmm. um, obviously you get influenced by trends. I think it's impossible to not be. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, actually maybe not influenced by trends, maybe more inspired by things going on around. And luckily we live in a part of the world where we have a lot of dope shit happening. And yeah. I get to hear a lot of good stuff. And I travel a lot and get to hear a lot of really great underground music. Mm -hmm. So. That influences me. Okay. So when you broke off from Delhi to Dublin, right away, did you hook up with Fawn Ops or were you hooking up with different producers? Uh, no. Um, I didn't. I put out uh, a mix with a DJ called The Phonograph, also from Victoria, and we were doing some shows together. And um, Fawn Ops and I met actually here in Kelowna at Center of Gravity. He was doing like a hip hop thing, mm -hmm. and I was playing as well. We were playing the same stage, and I think you reached out to me on Twitter, right? You're like, yeah. oh, yo, like, uh, like what are you doing? You posted my video. From, yeah, and true, yeah. I checked out all your music, all your mixes. On I didn't SoundCloud. even think I'd hear back. I was just like, dope, stoked to check this out or share the same stage, you know? Yeah, but I checked out all his sounds, and I really liked mm -hmm. what I heard, so that's why I got back, and um, I was. I booked a tour through BC, a winter tour, got him and uh, the MC that he was working with at the time to Miss open Hap. for us, Miss Hap, and 
and uh, then we started talking about maybe doing a mix, uh, an EP, or I can't. Yeah, it? mix a mix first. A yeah. Mix first, yeah. Realize how hard it was to mix your violin first, and then <laughs> do an EP. A nightmare, after that. actually. Not, it was yeah, an yeah. absolute nightmare to mix my violin. <laughs> but then, yeah, that led to the EP after that. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, we we're in deep now. How many shows? Hundreds of shows now. Lots of shows now. Yeah. Yeah, we have some things in the work. We put out an EP, we did, and we did two mixes, and uh, yeah, got a bunch of shit coming up this summer. Awesome. So. Yeah, you got like from the looks of you guys plan on touring around quite a bit, hitting a few different festivals. Yeah, yeah. we're out on the East Coast for a bit. We've got some stuff out here. We've got Electric Love. Um, what else? Valhalla, Future Forest, then Electric Love. That's that June week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's super hard when I'm not looking at my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, type it all in and then, okay. Rock the Shores. So it's kind of cool what what we do like with the live, with the violin. I feel like we have the ability to go, not, not just play electronic music festivals, but we get booked for like other, like, somewhere where you would never expect to be playing that and it would never work just like as a DJ really but for some reason with her playing the violin it would like bridge this gap right so people could appreciate the musicianship going on and the performance and as long as it was like good music didn't matter like that's the thing good music's good music doesn't really matter the genre right so yeah yeah. without a doubt as long as it's accessible and it sounds good then people are going to be able to groove to it Sort of like bridging the gap, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, pretty fantastic. You gotta be able to f- bridge those barriers that people seem to like to try and throw in the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I hear you saying that because uh, it's not always easy to sit on that fence though between electronic world and live because, in a way, you might not be accepted by either. So it's very, mm. it's challenging as well. No, exactly. It's a huge step because you're not really sure if you're going to be accepted by both groups or just one or if both of them are just sort of going to leave you flat on your face. But, you know, I'm I'm of mixed heritage mm-hmm. and I always hear people talking about like, oh, I, I don't know what like other people of mixed heritage being like, oh, I never felt like accepted by either. But in, the, in a way, it's, I think it's a strength because you can draw on influences from both mm-hmm. which makes it even more interesting yes without a doubt it gives you a lot of influence and ability to take it in all sorts of different direction because there's all sorts of influence coming from different cultures mm-hmm. so going from covering like traditional songs to applying yourself 
to the drum and bass EDM spectrum without like really having anyone else to like influence that how difficult was it to initially like actually apply the violin to the drum and bass was it something that like naturally came to your mind like was it something that you had like the vision of naturally or it was it made me just feel excited mm-hmm. that's all like when I started to come I it just made me feel excited inside but yeah it took it took years mm-hmm. it, there's no formula to follow so it it, it, it took a, a long time like I talked about like the confidence mm-hmm. um, I, I wish I almost had someone to follow because then I could be like oh this oh this is how it is and I can imitate or whatever but I there was none of that when, mm-hmm. I, when I had the idea yeah you so, just sort of had to pave your own path yeah yeah, it, it, I would say it took years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now... But I, uh, even daily, even mm-hmm. now, I'm like, oh, I still haven't written that song. Or it's, I still struggle daily with like, oh, my violin doesn't sound the way I want it to sound. Or, mm-hmm. oh, I, I feel like I could write a better song. I, I, but I don't think that'll ever go away. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's As an artist, you always feel like you have the ability to grow. And as you continue to learn more opportunities open up that you didn't see before yeah i hope i always feel that otherwise i mean how horrible would it be to be like oh no i've done everything i've, I've made it I've, <laughs> i i don't i don't know if that actually really what am i gonna exists. put on this album because i've done it all before <laughs> no i don't i never want to be in that place ever <laughs> well, maybe part of being a trailblazer of your own is hopefully you won't be able to fall into that rut. <laughs> awesome. So, exactly how long have you been going at this for then? Well, it's been through different incarnations. Yeah. But let's just see a while. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm so not going to give specific years because. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But so. it, all I can say is that, man, every step of the way has been so interesting mm-hmm. and amazing. Like, when I kind of reflect on it, it's actually taken me places where I've never, never ever thought I, I'd go. And I still have um, like goals, like people I'd love to collaborate with, places mm-hmm. I'd love to take. I, I still love my music to get distributed a bit more widely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have lots of places I still want to go. Definitely, without a doubt. Before yeah. we get into some of that future, um, let's take a look more so into the past, some of those experiences. Do you have any favorite moments, any favorite memories, experiences from your own solo projects, from working with different groups, just anything that just stands out for you for over, from over the years? Um... And so, so many, it's, it's really hard to say, really hard to say, like, from playing in a Muslim country, like, that was really crazy, uh, really wild, because, you know, going somewhere like that, where they're like, okay, we can't show any skin, or, you know, and you see women fully covered, that, that was very 
interesting and if anyone who's seen me perform knows that I'm very like out there and mm. uh, come from the open EDM culture yeah and then also some of my favorite moments are just showing up at these really small towns where you would never go like small towns in the US or mm-hmm. Canada um, and those are some of the craziest shows honestly because I feel like people are so uh, um, open to whatever mm-hmm. just a good like, good beats good music good energy and yeah I, I, I feel like almost that's opened my mind mm-hmm. in in a bigger way like knowing that uh, instead of being like oh people in like small towns don't, don't know anything it's, it's actually the opposite I feel mm-hmm. like like those are some of my honestly most favorite places mm-hmm. well it's it is a lot of those places get avoided by music and tours unfortunately so they're usually very accepting when someone's actually willing to come out and party with them and actually give them something to do. <laughs> well, they all, uh, often have their own, like, really cool scenes going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're artists that you, I would never be exposed to because they, they're not really able to travel outside of their own, you know, areas. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what I think is no, definitely too, because it's it is it gives you an eye on what possibly could be breaking out of different areas as well, and like gives you an open scope of like what is the music scene in different areas, oh, and yeah. how is it like, how is it different from one province to the next, or even the next town to the next. Oh like, yeah, huge differences mm-hmm. you'd never expect. Oh, definitely. It's amazing just how one town can like make a huge difference between oh no we're an indie rock town we're not into the electronic scene yeah and they're only like <laughs> fifty kilometers apart mm-hmm. yeah. no exactly and then you have the few kids in that one town that are like oh I'm tired of driving to this other place I hate where I'm from <laughs> okay so, so who are some of your high school influences. Some of the artists that you just couldn't live without back when you were in those hard times, those really influential years. <laughs> hmm. I remember going on like a road trip with my mom. We like drove to Disneyland, Ooh. and uh, we only had tapes in the car, and the tapes I had on rotation were like um, the Police and. Boys and um, I like Depeche Mode. <laughs> That's going a little bit back now, but uh, I don't know. Like it's, and then I really remember. The, I remember the first place I was when I heard like Nirvana and like when grunge kind of really got me and like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> high school let's <laughs> not delve into that too much <laughs> the desert tiger podcast there is still a ton of my interview with Kaitami left to go we still delve into a bunch of other topics so don't go anywhere 
Of course, we need to take a small break. I need to play you another track off of her latest album. Of course, it's going to be the title track off that latest album. We're going to let you know about that right away. But of course, I need to ask you guys, the listeners of the DTP, one simple question. Have you guys followed us on social media yet? Have you gone ahead and liked us on Facebook? Followed us on Twitter or Instagram? Have you been keeping up on all the behind the scenes action that is going on here with Desert Tiger? We like to keep you guys as informed as we possibly can with everything that is going on, everything that is happening, everything that we are doing to keep you guys entertained and in the know with your favorite musicians, comedians, actors, authors, and the like. And of course, have you guys seen our new t-shirts that are available for sale right now? You can go ahead and message me on any of those platforms, or you can even email me at desert.tiger.podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is desert.tiger.podcast at gmail.com. You can go ahead and tell me that you want to rep one of these sick shirts. It's the same logo as that sweater I recently gave away. So you guys know that it's going to be sick. It's white. It's on a black t-shirt. It's going to pop. If enough people want it in black on a white t-shirt, like reversed, flip that, flip it. You know, you guys just got to let me know. We can possibly get that order ready to go. So get yourselves on our social media. Follow us. Stay up to date with what's going on with Desert Tiger. Cop yourself a shirt. Represent the podcast. Let everybody you see that sees you know what the DTP is about and how much you love the show. Alright you guys, without further ado, we're about to give you the title track off Kaitami's latest release. It dropped last year. This is Renegade. Thank you. 
the Desert Tiger Podcast. First live music experience. Like party or like concert? First concert, like first artist you've ever seen, whether it was small, whether it was big. Well, you know, I was I was trained classically, okay. so I was going to like uh, I was going to like classical music concerts and orchestras since I was like I think my first one was when I was five. Oh wow! A lot of people wouldn't get that experience when they're younger. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then um, when I was uh, part of my trainings, that we would have to like perform four times a year with our orchestra in the Orpheum in Vancouver. So wow. Yeah, I was. It was very, very classically oriented. So kind of gets you through some of that stage fright very early on. Yeah, oh, they got us up on stage when I was, I think, three? Huh. Even just to take a bow. Yeah. Before I even could play any piece all the way through. Wow. They get you up on stage, take a bow, and then you get off stage. And then next year, I would know one piece, and you'd come up and play that one piece, and then mm-hmm. take a bow, and like, leave the stage. And then as you got older, you know, so your parents got you into the classical training like very early on in your life then oh yeah yeah okay so do you play anything else other than the violin i play piano because that's part of the requirement to Mm -hmm. get uh, to a certain level Um, and i've started recently playing the bass but i mean i've obviously violin is my main instrument mm-hmm. uh piano i probably let it slide a little bit more than i'd like but it's fair yeah understandable <laughs> i mean you can only spend so much time especially if you're touring around the world <laughs> harder to carry a piano with you than it is a violin no <laughs> kidding my sister played the cello and uh I was kind of jealous because my mom would always like drive her into her lessons because she had this big cello, but then uh, she told me to take the bus all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some pocket change, take the bus. <laughs> okay, so what does the future hold for the violin extremist Kaitong? Well, the immediate future um, holds some I want to release some singles mm-hmm. and uh, another mix, and then we, like we talked about before, we've got a bunch of festivals this summer out east and on the coast here. Um, I really want to get back over to Europe, so I don't have anything booked right now, but I'm definitely looking that direction. Mm-hmm. And I used to do one tour a year in the states, and I kind of let that go because it's really, really. Uh, it's a lot of work and I do all my own, like I get all my own visas and I book all my own contracts and the states, they don't make it too easy these Very days. Very DIY and they try and, they try and still get as many cents out of you as they possibly can. Yeah, so that it kind of made me like feel like I wasn't that you know, and I, I don't want to mess it up, so I definitely want to get my visas and do it mm-hmm. properly. But it is 
pretty expensive. To yeah, definitely. And a lot of organizing. So. And it's it is if you get denied a visa to have to go back and like, oh sorry, I can't make this tour work because X or Y. Oh yeah. No, I, I wish they made it a little bit easier. That would be great. But mm-hmm. um, also, I did attend a music conference in Singapore a couple years ago, and I've really? always been interested in what's happening um, over in Asia. Uh, so that would be that would be amazing. These are just like these are these are goals, like whether or not mm-hmm. it, you know it's concrete. This is what hopefully the future holds yeah. within itself. Yeah. Okay. Some releases on some uh, some bigger labels that would be amazing. But um, until that happens, I'll just be in the studio working on working on new music. And okay. Who are some musicians that you would hope to collaborate with in the near future? Collaboration is an interesting one because obviously there's a lot of producers and musicians that I highly respect, but every single collab that has ever happened in my life has happened very organically. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like when I was speaking with Phonicox, mm-hmm. it just sort of, I never would have thought that it would have turned into this long, like long-term collab that it did. Yeah, definitely. But we just kind of decided to do one project and we were obviously we were on the same vibe and it's turned into like many years and I have collaborated with other people along the way mm-hmm. but I just that's how I take it like I just I like to get in the room with people I like to like I like to feel it out and, mm-hmm. and you and you never know it's a lot of people I respect and we could try to do stuff and, but mm-hmm. but you don't want to force it no no it has to sort of just Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, really, I really feel what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, they're feeling the same way and on the same page, mm-hmm. and, and you have fun doing that. Mm-hmm. End up in the same room, and suddenly, like you guys just start grooving, and yeah, it just hits the page naturally. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Okay, so you got to do a piece for the uh, TED Talk. Was it in Victoria? Was the one there? Yeah, it was in Victoria. Okay. Yeah. What was that like? Um, well, I was surprised they asked me, uh, so that was kind of cool that they thought I was doing something a little different, and uh, public speaking doesn't come that easily to me, so yeah. I had to write this speech, and honestly, I practiced day and night, I was in the shower, <laughs> repeating it over and over again, and that was like the most challenging thing about that mm-hmm. side of it, uh, got me a little bit out of my comfort zone. But yeah, I was honored to be asked, really. Because mm, it's it is. It's a little bit of a step outside of what the TED Talk naturally like tries to bring to their stage as well. Yeah. Because you kind of had like the performance tied in there too, and like the way that you introduced it. Yeah. It was like very well you, done. Oh, you thought so? Huh? You thought so? Oh, I watched it and I thought it was very well done. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad. No, it was very well done. Just the way that you introduced the music and like you just build into it, it was it was very nicely done. And considering most of them are just like spoken word and everything, it was it was a very nice change. Oh, sweet! <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, that's I that's really cool to hear. <laughs> I think there's a lot of dislikes on that actually. <laughs> 
There's always gonna be haters, right? That, that's the nature of the internet. That, that's what. That's kind of how you know that you made it sometimes. You've got cranky old people with 74 friends sharing your stuff, but like trashing you at the same time. I actually try not now, like try not to look too much at numbers and likes because it will like keep you up at night. You can't. And it's yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people like they. It, it does kind of mean something that people will be like, oh, I want to book you. Oh, she only has this many likes on this. But I don't know. You can't, I don't think that that should dictate what kind of, what you're doing in your parents. Like, no, definitely not. And it's it, as I find like some musicians try and pull their weight with, oh, we have this many likes and so we think we're worth X, and it's like, okay, but how active is said audience, and, like, you can get likes, but how many of them did you pay for? Totally. How many, it's like, not, it's not. How many of it was, like, organic people that you played in front of, or met, and they actually shook your hand, and told you that was a great show, or anything of that sort? It's an interesting time we live in, definitely. No, that's it. Is there's a lot of people who are trying to create an illusion of what they are, and then there's a lot of people who are like you, who are just being honest about their art, and if they make it awesome, if they don't, fuck it. <laughs> that's come up actually a few times, like, oh, why don't you just buy a few more likes on this or that, but I, I prefer to actually see how my stuff really is resonating, mm -hmm. and when you buy it, you, you can't know. No, exactly, because that's it, is they can hit that, but are they actually, like, they can press like, but are they actually paying attention to it, are they actually following it, and do they actually care? Or it's it, is like, if it's someone that it's actually been touched by your music, or has met you, or anything of that sort, generally, that's an actual fan, and that's worth way more than spending money. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you got quite the party going on down there, so maybe I'll let you get to that. So before I ask my last question, where can my audience find Kaitami? Well, I do have some videos on YouTube, and I'm on Spotify, and uh, but SoundCloud, I have, I'm able to put up the mixes that I can put on Spotify. So I have my albums there, but I have some. Yeah, some of my mixes and older stuff on SoundCloud. And uh, if you're talking about live shows, which is my favorite part, then um, just check my website. Hopefully I'm coming to a place near some where people are, might be listening. Over 50 <laughs> different countries, so that's quite possible. Let's hope. Alright, so if you had to give a message to your fans, to anybody out there who maybe is afraid to take a step that maybe doesn't have someone there to guide them like you did, what words of advice or hope would you give them? Oh man, it it's hard. Like it's um, but what's the alternative? Really, the alternative kind of sucks. So. 
why not just give it a shot? Like, if you have something that you feel undeniably... I think that actually is... Sorry, going off on a tangent here. It's worse to not know what it is you want to do. That I've been in that place where I'm like... Same. Doesn't it suck? Like, oh, what do I do now? I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what's inspiring me. I don't know... Oh, exactly. It's... That's it, is like driving around and waiting in parking lots and like just talking to people is more like inspiring to me as a human being than like anything else I think I've ever done in my entire life. It's That's just awesome. like, it's weird, but at the same time, cool. <laughs> right. Is that what you're doing? This? Yeah, I'm just <laughs> running around podcasting, I promote shows, like just do my own thing. Anything and anything that I can do with entertainment. So forging your own path, so... What would you have to say to people? What would I have to say to people? about that. Wow. You just have to do it. You just have to take that shot no matter how scary or terrifying or gut-wrenching it could possibly be because like you said, it's to not know is so much worse because like I almost actually lost my life in an accident once and it's like that led me to playing in a band because like before that, I was like, oh man, I'll never get the chance to play music. And then after that happened, I was like, I need to play music right now. Yeah. Because it was like, this might never happen again. So it's just it. It's like, all it takes is seconds for everything to go wrong. But it could take your entire life to, of working for everything to go right. But I'd rather everything go right. <laughs> I've heard that before, that people say, like, or people that have had a, clo- a near-death experience mm-hmm. that changed the direction that they, that's when they, the moment they realize that they should seize their dreams or mm-hmm. really chase after their dreams, but it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that uh, that's what it takes sometimes. Yes, definitely. But I understand it too. I mean, there are other pressures of life, like how do you pay your rent, how do you feed yourself. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I've never been one to follow the status quo. Not very good at it either. No, I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me angry, actually. Yes, Makes exactly. Makes me feel very angry. I'm not really an angry person. (laughs) Try to avoid it. That's why we just go out in nature and deal with music. (laughs) (laughs) And we are pretty lucky that we live in a pretty uh, forgiving country where we can do that. Not everyone does, and I recognize that. Yes, that's another reason why we need to take those opportunities is because not everybody has the chance to do that. And I just want to give shout-outs to people living in those kinds of countries or societies where they do have more restrictions. Mm-hmm. It's even more of a challenge. It definitely is. And for if they're taking those risks to try and 
be themselves an individual, and it's terrible that they, that being an individual is considered as taking a risk. Oh, wow. that's lovely. Wow. <laughs> lovely sound. <laughs> but either way. What is that? It's an air compressor. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to the air compressor that totally just butted in. <laughs> I think it was agreeing. You know, we I think it was agreeing too. It just it just couldn't hold back anymore. <laughs> Even the air compressors that are being discriminated against need their chance to blow air. <laughs> wow, it had been silent for so long. Mm -hmm. I'm actually amazed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you oh, so awesome. very much. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. All right, thank you. <laughs> All right, you guys. Unfortunately, it is that time again. It is the end of the show, but of course, before we end things off, we need to take a moment to thank our guest today, who of course was Kai Tammy. I want to thank Kai Tammy for taking time before her show last Friday in Kelowna at Doc Willoughby's to sit down and discuss her career, her passions, and what some of her dreams are as well. I also want to thank Phonic Ops and John Symphonic for contributing to parts of the conversation, even though they couldn't be there for the whole thing. John was the one who was bumping beats pretty much through most of the interview, so if you were enjoying what was playing, he was the man throwing that down. I also want to go ahead and thank you guys, of course, for tuning in to this episode of Desert Tiger. You guys have been insane. I love you so much. Your support for the show has been outrageous in the last like seven or eight months like for us to be like a top 20 podcast worldwide and to be getting the opportunities that I am getting with this is amazing and it's very much in part thanks to you so thank you guys so much for tuning in for hitting that subscribe and follow button for sharing the show with your friends for buying desert tiger t-shirts so that I can travel and get more interviews because the more you guys support the show the more that the show can grow and expand so together as a community we can grow and if you guys want to like refer to me an artist you think that I should interview an actor a comedian anyone up that hit me up on social media we're on Facebook Instagram Twitter you can also email me even if you want to like throw your band at me and just say like hey we think that we might be good for the show. Do you want to check us out and maybe tell us what you think? Hi, Tucker. That's Tucker, of course. You guys have heard him before. So, anyway, you can hit us up at our email, desert.tiger.podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Even if it's just a shout-out and tell us how much you love the show. We love hearing that as well. So, now that we've gone and thanked our guests today, now that we've gone and thanked you... We have to go ahead and give you one last thing before we can close the show. And of course, the longtime listeners of the DTP know that that is our quote to leave you a little bit inspired, to leave you a little bit motivated, to 
give you the energy you need to get into your weekend to tackle everything that is ahead of you. So, the quote today comes from Andy Frizzella. The difference between everything you could be and everything you are comes down to the smallest details. Have a good weekend, everybody. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thanks for listening.